Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. What's up, folks? Welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of Hardwood Handicappers. It is your usual duo, Kelly Bidlin, Jonathan Von Tobel. And boy, oh boy, do we have an episode in store for you as the Boston Celtics, classic Boston, goes down one nothing in the series to the Miami Heat. We have Western Conference Finals Game 2 later tonight. But I begin with this. Kelly, I, I, tit- I titillated you with this. Titillated. Did you know that we have a historic series, both Eastern and Western Conference Finals, something we've never seen before in the NBA? Um, no. A, a, re- a repeat of the repeating teams from a bubble, <laughs> bubble playoff. I mean, that is, that, that is yes, that, that's historic. We've never that seen that historic. before. That is historic. It's the first time it's ever happened. No, what do you got for me? No, but I'm, I'm I'm of course referencing in the Eastern Conference Finals um, for the first time ever a series has been decided after one game, and in the Western Conference Finals, a team that won Game One actually lost Game One and is now treating it as a uh, as a loss. So that, that is historic in in both series. It's been absolutely fantastic. No, of course I'm being sarcastic. So let's start with last night. The Boston Celtics turn in just a classic, classic Boston Celtics performance, which. I had trouble watching. Yeah. Can, Thank can you, I give, YouTube can I give TV. You, can I give you my initial reaction real quick in, in one word? Yeah. <sighs> that was it. Is that to YouTube TV or is that to the Boston Celtics? That's the Celtics. And, they, and, uh, just, that whole, and just that whole game. That whole day yesterday, yes. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, 123 to 116, the final score. The Miami Heat go out and get a win, take home court advantage, now lead 1-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals. And as I mentioned, just a classic, classic Celtics performance in which they give up after leading by seven at halftime. Over 40 points in the third quarter. They look all of a sudden like they can't defend a lick, even though in the second quarter they look Brilliant and absolutely fantastic with the way that they were scoring and defending at a very high level. And Jason Tatum does, I think it was zero, zero field goal attempts in the fourth quarter for Tatum. Had multiple turnovers, including a travel and a ridiculous pass that he tried to give to, I can't remember who, but was Jimmy Butler standing right there like, y'all take that, sure. Um, Three turnovers, zero field goal attempts. 
classic, classic Boston Celtics performance yesterday. So what do we do here? What is the takeaway? And uh, I know that there's a lot of people who are going to sit back and laugh and wait. And I got to say, Kelly, I'll start with, I think, again, maybe Tom Haberstroh had a point. 16 of 29 from three-point range yesterday for the Miami Heat. They shoot over 55% from three-point range. Kyle Lowry in, was it first quarter or second quarter, could not miss a contested shot to save his life. On contested two-point attempts, they shot nearly 60% from the floor. What do we do with the Miami Heat after game one? Uh, give them a round of applause. Uh, I mean, I mean, look, it's a great performance. They're a well-coached team. They know exactly what they're doing. I, I think, I think that that part is very, is it easy to quantify? No, it's not JVT. But like when you see those two teams on the court yesterday, it's very, it's very obvious that one, one knows exactly what they're doing at all times and the other, not so much. I don't want to say not at all, but not so much. Um, I'll bring up the shooting percentages real quick because we'll get that out of the way. I don't want to say that any, I don't think anybody should overreact to a team that shoots 51% from three and makes 10 for 15 of their non paint two pointers. That is incredible shooting. And it was, it was, there were times when it just felt like everything was going in for the Miami, especially for that, uh, especially in that third quarter. Now, of course, does defense have to do with some, some of that? Of course it does. Um, it just feels like this Celtics team is giving us a, I, I think, I think they even said it after the game JVT, but it just, it, it feels somewhat regular season ish with them where it's just like, it's this up and down roller coaster of like, Hey, you look like one, you look like the best team in the, uh, the NBA playoffs one minute, like they did in that game seven. Right. And other times it's like, what are you doing here? I mean, how do you, mm-hmm. I, I was watching the beginning, watch the beginning of that game. And this game turned probably like four times. It felt like, but you watch the beginning of that game. And I'm like, all right, this is a tight game. The heat playing. Well, this is a little bit what I expected though. I thought that he would have a good shot in this game, in this first game. And then the, and then the Celtics start to pull away in that second quarter. Right. And you're like, okay, good. We got this out. Got, you got this out of our system from Miami. Celtics are clicking. Everything's good. You take this yep. momentum, but take this momentum into the locker room, right? And then you come out in the third quarter, and man, you just get smacked around. And I don't know about you. And I think Tatum maybe even have said this, but it, it just felt like they couldn't. Like it was the fourth quarter, even when they kind of got themselves back in the game. It just felt like they were still out of sorts almost from just like being stunned from getting rocked like they did in the third. They they come out in the fourth quarter. They immediately cut it to like a five-point game. And you're like, okay, here we go. Like this is calm your ass down and you get back into this thing and you're going to be fine. And here's the thing too that was killer in that fourth quarter for Boston. I mean, they were holding Miami to end of shot clock possessions yeah like they, yes Miami was the defense came back yes yep Miami was either hitting shots at the end of the shot clock there was a couple of shot clock violations in there they were doing a brilliant job defending out of nowhere again after not being able to do it in the third quarter they all of a sudden right unstick their heads from their rear ends and are able to defend at a very high level but like you said Tatum down the stretch you know it's funny so I had to go to a bar to watch the rest of the fourth quarter because the third quarter my YouTube TV completely fell apart at halftime, spent a couple of minutes. And I was like, all right, I got to get out of here and watch this. So end of the third quarter and the entire fourth quarter, I was a PT's pub up the street. From I, my house. I was hearing that completely different, by the way. It's like, like it was the third quarter was so bad. I had to go to a freaking pub. No, like, yeah. I, well, I, I, I got to tell you, it's not the best feeling 
when I can't watch it, I, I, I don't know what I would want. Would I want to be able to watch that complete meltdown of the third quarter? Or what I had to do, which was I'm on my way, I'm getting ready, I have to just get dressed real quick and then go to this bar. And as I keep refreshing the score on my screen, I just keep seeing it get worse and worse and worse. And I'm like, oh my God, like now I can't even watch this. This is a nightmare. So I'm sitting there, you know, I'm watching it. And, you know, you realize like, okay, they're playing relatively well. But then I'm also sitting at the bar, Kelly, and I'm looking and I'm like, wait a minute. Jalen Brown's taking like every shot here. Mm-hmm. Where's Jason Tatum? Yeah. Like, is he, he's playing, yeah. right? And sure enough, like he's there, but he's just not performing very well. There's the travel that he commits where he leaves his feet on a jump shot and then tries to dribble afterwards. He can't do that. There was a turnover, as we mentioned. As you said, I don't know field goal attempts from him. And it goes back to what we talked about, which is like, I don't want to not credit Miami. But when there's things when you're like, hey, they're shooting over, they're shooting over 55% from three. Hey, Taylor, like they're, you know, their best player is only taking, taking no field goal attempts in the fourth quarter and turned it over two times. Yeah. You watch the way they defend in that fourth quarter, and I can't help but come away from that game thinking Boston completely shot themselves in the foot over and over again. And, and, and I am, again, willing to be wrong because Miami did some great things. Jimmy Butler, who will be very clear, is effing awesome. He's, He's incredible. Yes. In that first quarter where Robert Williams is contesting shots and Jimmy Butler's hitting those baseline jumpers, mid-range jumpers over Robert Williams, and you're like, all right, it's going to be a Jimmy Butler game, and it sure was because he hits that three at the end to essentially put the dagger into it. He was great. But I don't think there's any denying that Boston completely screwed themselves over with the way they were performing in multiple stretches. Yeah, it's uh, Gil says this often, and 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 it's something that we just we don't do enough as sports sports fans, sports betters, especially everybody on social media. Right? It's let's try to hold two thoughts in in our brain at the same time. Right. Right. The Miami Heat were awesome yesterday. They were awesome, and Jimmy Butler is incredible in in Eric Spolstra is incredible incredible we you and I rely so heavily on statistics uh, for us to analyze for for these when we make bets whether it's regular season whether it's playoffs what Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra bring to the table it is impossible for us to quantify with numbers in positions like this I will like I will admit that and it is it is clearly something that even with this group around them, that I am undervaluing it. That, that that is, I think it's clear. No matter how good they shoot, no matter how good they shoot. On the other hand, because there is another hand here, it is the Boston Celtics completely not playing up to their potential. That's why, and I, it that's is, why I tweeted out yesterday. I was like, the the fact that I I believed that they would actually come in here and think that they would pull their heads out of their rear ends and play to their potential. Like I, I'm a fool. I'm a fool. Continue your point about like just not quantifying because I think you are right. And, just, and I just say to add to that, if yeah. I could really quick, like if it's like when you look at yesterday or just some of these performances, like when you go to the Buck series and everybody's like, yeah, they're winners. And it's like, OK, sure. But like, why? what am I supposed to think when I see a team that struggled to shoot all season long? Yes. Go into a series like that, shoot the way that they did, and the response is just like, well, they were the one seed last year. And it's like, well, yes, but things change. And I have 83 games that tell us this team is not a good offensive team. Mm-hmm. It's You can't really blame yourself for not wanting to go the other way, but here we are. They are up one nothing in the Eastern Conference Finals. They have home court. Jimmy Butler is coming off of an incredible game, and there is something to be said of teams and players who just know how to perform in those moments, and that is Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat, it seems. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, Dustin Swiddleson, uh, Sharp Buddy. I know he posed this question to me as I was walking out of the South Point today because I think they're going to hit on it on the show uh, this afternoon, where he was like, how many players do you think in the NBA could be, do- could be doing what Jimmy Butler's doing with the rest of this surrounding cast? And I'm like, dude, it is a short list. Like, I came up with Giannis and Jokic, and I don't know how many more guys beyond that. Uh, and, and take away positions, right? Because obviously, like, you wouldn't want Bam and Jokic probably together. That wouldn't be ideal, right? But, like, as far as working with this team and getting them this far with the level of talent that's truly on this team, it is a short damn list. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know I if you agree. have anybody else to add. Like, Giannis, Jokic, it might end there. Like, it, it's not Durant. It ain't Steph Curry. Like, these guys need other players to play off of. Like, yeah. I, it's not LeBron anymore. Maybe LeBron five years ago, maybe. But, like, it, it, it's not him anymore. This li- th- It's a really short list. So, like, Jimmy Butler, to me, what he's doing is in uh, just rarefied air, like, of what he's doing right now. It's incredible. Um, if, if there's that. But it, I don't know. As we spin this ahead to game two, this is where, it, this is where it's really tough. Game-by-game betting in this series JVT, like, I'm still glad I made the bets I did because I had this in the back of my mind the whole time of, like, man, I, Miami stealing game one concerns me a bit. And I'm not going to be, despite, we're, we're back to the trend, right? We're back to the trend. The, the playoff home team drops game one. So it's, well, I'll have to pull it up. 20 and one, I think, is what we're at. Straight they, so up. They've, won six, they've won 16 straight and covered 15 of those 16. The team that loses game one at home in game two. Uh, and I believe it's like twenty-one and one straight up, twenty and two against the spread. Yeah, twenty and two ATS. Yes. Yeah. So like that's it's part of the reason why we're seeing nine, nine and a half out there for this game. Um, mm-hmm. But like, uh, so like that is this is where people people keep hating on us. Like, yes, I understand. I have I have wrecked, destroyed the Heat at different times on other on shows on this podcast, whatever. Right. I'm also not confident enough though to lay nine points at home with the Boston Celtics in this game. Like, it's. I, th- that's too, it's a, it's a huge spread for two teams that are in the Eastern conference finals, no matter how they got here. So like, I'm not comfortable doing that. So look, I've got my series bets with the Celtics. I'm going to have to ride with and Hopefully they work out, but like that was, de- that was a game I was concerned with last night. Do I think they come back and win game two and probably cover? Yeah, but it's not something I'm like, I'm not, I'm not running to bet it. I don't know about you. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I agree. It, it goes back to what we talk about all the time is oh, what are you willing to pay for a situation? And the market is clearly adjusting in a very big way because of the situation that everybody knows about. And I'm with you as somebody who has minus two and a half games for Boston and thought Boston was going to win this series. Obviously, I hope that works out. I hope they win the next four. Um, but having said that, when you're looking at it from that perspective, I much rather be on the Miami Heat side for game two than I would be for the Boston Celtics. So I yeah. I, I agree, and it goes back to just a classic conversation we've had this entire time. And as you kind of move forward, like Boston is just this enigma that you can't really figure out. There are they are a team that has much more potential. And I want to say really quickly, so I saw this yesterday, and I don't know how you feel about this because I saw a lot of two things. So for in all of it, first off, Eric Spolstra out coached Joe Missoula. I thought yesterday was all about the players. I thought yesterday was about guys like Jason Tatum and others failing to show up at yes. home against the Miami Heat. I like there was a I don't know if you saw there was a point in the huddle where Joe Missoula is like doing something with him and he gets up and kind of throws the clipboard to mm-hmm, the floor because mm-hmm, yeah. I'm with him. I'm like, dude, like you guys, what are you doing defensively? What is I, happening okay, right, uh, now? right now? Uh, 
No, so okay. So this is where I think I think that whenever we, we I think during the entire NBA regular season, nobody talks about re- head coaches really, right? We get to the playoffs. I understand they do become more important in the playoffs, but they also don't become the most important thing on the court. So to your point, yes, it's a, it always starts to the play with the players for me, but. I ain't gonna let this guy off the hook. I, I mean, part of it is not just in-game stuff, right? It's having it is having your players prepared for for games and situations where I'm sorry, the Miami Heat looked far more prepared for that game yesterday, and especially. But when, what does that mean? What does that mean? They are, looked more prepared. I, I mean, effectively. I mean, working offensively, effectively. I mean, I mean, you shot at that high of a rate of against a against a top level defense like the Boston Celtics. Some of them without without much contest, without without much contesting. Like that is, it's not a good look. The third quarter when they're putting up forty five points, it's another quarter. Missoula barely calls a timeout. I mean, like what? Like some of that is just to push- stop momentum on the other end. Yeah, that's one thing I'll kind of push back on. Like, that's the other thing, too. I saw, like, oh, Missoula hanging on to the timeouts. One, we we treat timeouts as these magical things that are just going to stop stuff. Like, that doesn't really mean much. Okay, he he stops something, so then they get back out on the floor, and what? What if the Heat are having the same success because the Celtics, like, when I watched that, when I went back and watched the third quarter, I saw a bunch of guys that weren't closing out very hard. I saw dudes that were miscommunicating on switches. Like, what is, it, it, what is a timeout and Joe Missoula yelling at those guys going to change there? I, I, I mean, hopefully to remind them that they need to be better at that because you're going to get blasted right. out of the gym if you keep letting that happen. And then but, but, spike, but we were... and then spike a, a freaking uh, clipboard down on the ground to prove your damn point. Right. So <laughs> what we're going back to, though, is that's player performance. Sure. So anyway, it sure like, is. Yes. I'm not saying Missoula deserves no. Like, I just I saw a lot of like Eric's supposed to run Joe Missoula zero and Joe Missoula this Joe Missoula that. And I'm like, OK, like I kind of get uh, to a certain extent. I just kind of felt like it was a lazy talking point because everybody wants to point to the clutch issues for Boston, which have been yeah. there since last year under a different head coach. And it's easy to pile on Missoula. And it's not as easy to look at that game and go, Jason Tatum, you played like garbage at times. Malcolm Brogdon was actually kind of good. Uh, other, every, You know what I mean? Al Horford, eh, yeah. there were some possessions where you didn't really play that well and you were getting lost on some of those uh, possessions where you were dropping back. Like I thought that was much more player driven watching that yesterday than Joe Missoula not knowing what was going on as a no, but th- that's all so I'm saying. I, I don't disagree, but there's so like think about what you just said. Like the, the the if you struggle in clutch time, like okay, if we know you struggle in clutch time, like why aren't like that's when you call a timeout, like to reset, try to reset things a bit. You know what I mean? Like that's that's where like I don't know. It's small things like that. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, like, I hear you. Yes. I think people, I think there are people that are going too much to like, oh, this is all Missoula. No, like Jason Tatum, like this is, I killed him last week for doing the exact opposite thing. It's you have to perform within the team's offense, right? And the Boston Celtics offense is never going to be, or it shouldn't ever be Jason Tatum, go out there and take 40 shots. Like, no, the rest of your roster is good enough that it should be able to work within the roster to create good shots, not just you chuck up whatever. And in this game, Jason Tatum, at the same time, you have to understand that working within the team's offense means that you are still the focal point of that and that a lot of the scoring still doesn't need, need to be done through you. Right, like so, you can't, you can't just step away and prevent a four-on-five opportunity for your offense. And like I, I mean, that's where like 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 you're talking about to put it on the players, like Tatum. You can't you can't lose a game like that 
and go down without without demanding the ball, right? Like you're still right. the best player on that team. You have to have it. Especially, Agreed. especially I always talk up Jalen Brown. I, I mean, he had what did he have? Seven turn six turnovers yesterday. Yeah, I right. Mean, like that was the other thing. Like all of a sudden, remember go back to the NBA finals. Like there was points in the NBA finals where like did Jalen Brown forget how to dribble? Mm-hmm. And like that was that was one thing too where they're like losing like th- those are the kind of things where it kind of makes me roll my eyes when we're talking when we want to jump on J- like Joe Missoula is a magical yeah. timeout going to stop Jalen Brown from losing a ball just mid dribble is yeah, that probably, going to no, stop that, Jason no. Tatum from committing a travel on a wing three no is that going to stop Tatum from trying to force a pass where it doesn't belong is that going to stop Marcus Smart who in the first half was great in terms of his assists but all of a sudden started yeah. really feeling himself and started to try to lace passes in between legs for no freaking reason <laughs> is that going to like or what is what are you yeah. doing if you're Joe Mazzulla in those instances and that's that's all I'm I know we're sticking on this we can move on to that's yeah. all you know, we talk about these things coming out of these games, and I just feel like we can we can hang on different stuff. Like, we don't have to go with the lazy narrative that everybody wanted to jump on because that was everybody's pre-flop handicap, which was Eric Spolstra's going to outcoach right. Joe Missoula. Yeah. Celtics lost. That must mean that I was right and Eric Spolstra did it. Eric Spolstra's yeah. was a great coach. But when I watched that yesterday, as we talked about, kind of bringing it full circle, I watched a team that was consistently shooting itself in its foot with its own performances as opposed to Joe Missoula not calling a timeout in the third quarter that would have turned everything around. Like, I just don't really buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, look, for, for for the most part, I agree with you. <laughs> there we go. See? That's what we <laughs> do the, here. I, I mean, it's, it's always going to be a player's league. Yes. I think that there is – like, I understand the attraction – like, like, of course, Eric Spolster is a great coach. And yes, we can move on after this. One other thing I just want to bring up real quick is the part of what irritates me with him, though, man, is, dude, does he seem he is cocky or like or maybe he's just trying to, like, put it out there like he's cocky. Like, I don't know, some of these press conferences and stuff he does. It's like I like, I'm not saying you, sh- you need to be the coach who's, like, overreacting to a loss either, but it's like some of these he acts like it's not a big deal. And it's like, dude, we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Don't, like, bringing up the fact that you won three of four quarters does not make me feel like you guys played a better game yesterday. You know what I mean? Like, you still lost. Like, yeah. you're three games away from being eliminated. Right. I mean, I, I think he was just pointing to the third quarter was the big difference, wasn't it? Mm, I mean, that's... Yeah, right. Yeah, it was. It goes it actually... Was. It's funny. This is why I laugh too about this whole thing, Kelly. This team is so similar to the one from last year with a different head coach. It's why I like I question this whole Missoula thing. Go go back to remember was it game one or game two against Golden State? That was like the talking point. Remember they had won three out of four quarters against Golden State, and I think for two <laughs> yeah. games they had won like five out of six. But it was Should like the third right, quarter yeah. each time that they were getting smoked, and like that was the thing that Ime Udoka was pointing at too. Yep. And here we are. It's I was driving back home from the bar yesterday. And I was listening to his press conference, and I, I thought the exact same thing, which is like, this is what we talked about last NBA Finals. Like, this is, like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I get it. You can point to it and say it's one quarter, but like that one quarter made all the difference in the world. And that that is not going to be something that they can lean on. So that's why, again, I just go back to I see a team that is struggling in all the same facets that they were a year ago. So I find it hard to want to like go after Joe Missoula when a lot of the same players are still here. This is the same team. And all of the issues are translating from one coaching regime to the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, think about last series, right? Like if the, you know, the players having to go to tell him to put Robert Williams on the court, sure. right? Like, I, you know, it's. No, oh, he's he, not but, perfect. 
He's yeah, not yeah. perfect, but at all. But I'm just saying, like, uh, a lot of the You're core right. issues we've talked about with this team are translate from last year, and there was a different head yes. coach there. Or, yes. you know, Joe Mazzula was on the bench, so maybe it's still all his fault. You know? it, no, and I, and I completely, completely agree that, I'm sorry, when we when we have a team that is like this, that we we hold to this level where we think they're this good in the NBA, like, and it's a team that's been together, like you said, they're, they're, yes, I put it way more on the players. There shouldn't yep. be, there shouldn't be an issue. Um, and I mean, we, we've heard players talk all the time of like ex players talk all the time about like, I mean, sometimes ignoring coaches, right? Like, you know, sometimes being like, yo, I'm taking this ball. Like, I don't care what the hell he just said on the, you know, <laughs> on the sideline. And like, that's like Tatum, like that has to be you sometimes, man. Like, it has yep. to be. And or Jalen Brown, like Jalen Brown, too. Like, I don't like it. I feel like he settles into this secondary role and it's just like, like it's because like everybody in the media well, put, put him in this secondary role. Now that's what, like how the Celtics play it. I mean, it wasn't in the fourth quarter. I watched Jalen right. Brown almost like take that fourth quarter over because Jason Tatum didn't want any part of it. So. Well, well, exactly. Right. But yeah. that like, it, like that, that all even point to like, I guess as a good thing, right? Like at least Jalen Brown's aware enough that like, Hey, he's getting no, like that the best player on the team's not doing anything. He's got to be the guy, at least try to be the guy. Yeah, when I saw three possessions of Jason Tatum just standing in the corner, I was like, "This is wow." It, it, it was it was honestly just weird. You know what I mean? For like like b- besides the fact that yes, me and JVT have bets on the Celtics side. Yeah, 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 like it was just odd. Like if I was a unbiased basketball fan watching that last night, I would have like I, there was a part of me at one point where it was like I was like, "Is Jason Tatum injured or something? Like what's going on here?" Yep. Because like, like you said, there was a couple of those possessions where it's. Give up the ball, or not, or not even touch the ball, but give up the ball and go hide in the corner. And it's like I'm just going to hang out here. Like, are you are you injured? Are you exhausted? What's going on? I don't, it was very odd. And there's and you know a lot of people pointed to too as well. Like, hey, told you coming off of a game seven. It was like, well, there's two days in between. You know, I, I like how we do this with betting trends sometimes, where it's yeah. like because it happens, it's got to fit that mold. Like, I guess. I guess you can say, see, Boston was coming off of a game seven. It's a terrible situation to be in. I don't think that was the case. They had two days off. It was not like all these other situations where you just have one day off after a game seven. Then you got to go out there and do it again. I think that that's just a coincidence that they lost coming off of a game seven. Yeah. So hitting on that real quick, obviously I brought that up a little bit yesterday. I just think, I think there, there are. So like, even with the trend that we're dealing with for game two in this series, right? Like both of those to me, like so many times we get wrapped up in trends and it's like, well, can, can you, can you explain why this trend would typically happen more often than not? Well, like, hell yeah. On both of them, I can. Yes. I do think the team that regardless of how much rest it is or whatever, but the team that's had more time to focus on, on, on a singular opponent has a slight advantage. And I think, yes, a team that, okay, that if they're, they are the home team right in a playoffs and down Oh one, what does that mean? They're a higher seeded team, which means they had a better record, which means they're probably favorites. So like, should I be shocked at, that they're winning game two after losing game one more often than not? Right. No, like that's what should be happening. Now it's, it's the, to what degree it's happening at is where it's just very extreme right now. Right. Yep. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like that should I, that team should be winning more often than not in that game. In that game too, like they should be in game one, they're just not. We'll close out our conversation on this game with this: the Heat are awesome. They're a very good team. They're very well coached, and I still have my bets. So there's only the the only thing like 
I can do is sit there and say, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to stick by him. But money's already, Cirque has already yeah. got the money. Yep. So I'm not going to do anything here. Uh, but Miami is great. And we'll see if that shooting translates to game two. And if it continues to translate throughout the series, I still say no. Uh, but we have now a series against Milwaukee in one game in this series that says that they can be an elite shooting team. So we'll see if that carries over. But still, of course, have the Celtics winning this series. I, I would think regardless of who ends up, you know, never mind. My I, I, I was just saying, regard, regardless of who ends up winning this series, the Heat are going to get waxed in one of these games because those shots are not going to fall. Oh, boy. He's doubling down. He's doubling down. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I don't, I'll I don't double know. down. The problem, the problem is I don't know which game it's going to be, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, like, I be like, like that end of the second quarter, right? Like that looked like I was like, oh boy, here it is. Like the Heat, like the Heat can't make a shot. Like the Celtics defense is stepping up. The, de- the Celtics offense is firing. I'm like, here it is. Ball movement. Yeah, yep. ball. Like everything was looking at looking like exactly like what we handicapped. And then and then you just look at a box score a day later, and uh, yeah, man, it's just it's crazy. Uh, also crazy how awesome Juice Reel is an exciting new innovation in sports betting. That's not another sports book. Juice Reel is a free tool that you should be using if you're a better. It's going to revolutionize the way that you follow your bets and make betting decisions. The app lets you connect all your betting accounts from wherever you bet as well. And all your betting history automatically loads in. That's the best part. And it's not just a bet tracker. It actually tracks you in terms of habits. You can see your betting behavior, your track record. Hey, man, am I good on hitting unders? Hey, what about these uh, sides? How am I doing on player props? Gives you all that and more. And... Juice reanalyzes data from its entire user base to help you bet even smarter. Check out all the features for free on your iPhone or Android. Go to Juice Reel. That's Juice R E E L. Every sports better in all 50 states should be using Juice Reel. Let's take our break. When we come back, we have game two of the Western Conference Finals between the Nuggets and the Lakers. Okay, Kelly, it's all over. As I uh, put today up on social media when I wrote my article previewing today's game two. Uh, let me see. I want to get my exact sarcastic wording for you so you can appreciate it. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, the Hachimura adjustment has all but sealed this series up for the Lakers. Does Mile High Basketball stand a chance? Is there any adjustment that it can make? Maybe. Yeah, just me. Let's talk about this. So <laughs> we're probably going to see the Hachimura adjustment uh, yet again here today. If he starts, he starts. We'll see if that's actually going to be the case. I want to stress to anybody listening, Rui Hachimura is not shutting down Nikola Jokic. What happens is putting somebody else on Nikola Jokic allows Anthony Davis to come and help and defend. I actually think there's a very clear and obvious adjustment that the Nuggets can make to counter that, which I'm sure they will and we will talk about. But your thoughts after game one, are you, much like everybody else, treating this like the Lakers are up one nothing? No. No, I think the way you've br- you've brought it up every time is the right way to say it. It's I, it, we're we're overreacting to a finish. You, like you know, like I bet I bet the Nuggets game one. Um, there is a part of me that ha- I, I gives a slight edge to the Lakers in this series, but I think the home court is a massive massive advantage uh, for Denver because we've seen I mean, we've seen them play so well at home this whole year. Uh, seven losses, I mean playoffs and regular season at home. That's a major issue. Um, I, this is game two. I think is really tough. I'm really excited to watch this game. This might be man, both these series because I think like we just hit on the series bets we have in the East. I'm probably just riding out here, right? And the West, man, like I, I don't know how often I'm gonna be getting involved in these games, JVT, because I expect this to be a really tight, competitive series, much like that first game was. Yep. Like I think it's I, gonna be a lot of in-game betting for me. Yeah. If anything, like that's it. Yeah, it could, and I think so. 
going to the adjustment, and this is why I think this is going to be, if you go back and watch, because I went back mm-hmm. and rewatched the fourth quarter, as you put, the six possessions or plays in which Rui right. Hachimura was <laughs> actually defending Nikola Jokic. <laughs> and for those who want to know, yes, Jokic, 0-2 from the floor, committed two turnovers, offensive rating for the Nuggets in the six possessions in which Rui Hachimura defended Nikola Jokic, 0.67. So, sure, it worked. One of the things that sticks out to you when you watch it is they like to put Aaron Gordon in the dunker spot, which is like that area right around like the low block when he's off yeah. ball. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's there to, if you want to facilitate a pass, if he gets some dribble penetration, he could finish whatever it is. Well, Anthony Davis was defending Aaron Gordon. So, yeah. of course, like it's going to be easier to help off of Aaron Gordon and have Anthony Davis go and contest a shot at the rim because you have his assignment standing right next to the rim. The spacing was abysmal. So what's a quick adjustment? Hey, Aaron Gordon, no more dunker spot. Now, if Anthony Davis is going to defend you, you stand in the corner. And all of a sudden, it changes everything, right? Because Anthony Davis is now going to be defending somebody in the corner. And Aaron Gordon is not the greatest three-point shooter, especially from the corners. So he's still going to help off of him. But the distance that he's going to have to cover in terms of going from Aaron Gordon camped out in the corner, which I'm assuming we're going to see a little bit more here, again, if they go to this adjustment, that's going to be a lot more room that he has to cover in terms of ground. And also... Jokic is such a good passer that if that's the strategy that they use, he's going to be able to find Aaron Gordon in the corner. Now, Gordon's going to have to make the Lakers pay for leaving him in the corner, which I think he can from time to time. Or if they do kind of contest or do that half contest where one defender has to defend two people, that creates ball movement. And that starts to swing that thing around. I I think it's a relatively simple counter if you're the Denver Nuggets, which is, okay, we'll just put Aaron Gordon a little bit farther away from the basket. Let's see what you guys do now. Yeah, no, to, uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. You and you just you just said it a lot better, I guess, than I quickly tried to say it yesterday. Where I'm like, Aaron Gordon's gonna have to make shots. Like that, that's where, hey, because I think you're right. I think that's what's gonna end up happening is you're gonna you're going to try to pull a like that. What you saw at the end of the game, no matter if it's Hachimura or not, the Lakers would love to play that way. But it's it's like you're talking about. I don't think the Nuggets are gonna let them. You got you pull AD either AD's got a man up with Jokic or you pull him away from the basket, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, you got to do that one way or the other. And it's a, it, it, it's you said it well too of 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 just if you put Gordon in the corner or whatever doesn't mean it's do, doesn't just mean it's a wide open three. It might mean okay he's cheating a bit and it's it's okay it turns into four passes and then it's a wide open look, right? So um, yeah, I, I expect that you're going to see that and. This is what I love so much about this series, JVT, is I think these like the superstars all have to be super. Like it is, does Nicole Jokic provide like does he have the abilities to get out of a double team, get out of a matchup like these guys, like they threw at him at the end? Hell yeah, he does. Like we haven't we've never seen a guy with this size when the passing ability that he has. You know what I mean? So it is like can he get out of almost anything that you throw at him? Yes, he can. The Nuggets can, should be able to, but it puts the pressure on Jokic to execute, right? Same thing like AD. AD is going to be asked a lot of on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Can he execute? Like that? It's To me, this series is so much more simplistic because of things like that, but it's, man, like I don't think that there's – a huge edge to me one way or the other. Yep. Yeah, I, again, I think be... the home, the home court matters a ton to me. Like it is and that. That's why the, for it makes, it makes the, the game tonight huge 
for the Lakers. Because you asked me this even before the series started. Did I think the Lakers were going to take one in Denver? And I would have, but grudgingly, I said yes. Because I like, I, they have to. They have to. They don't, obviously, they can't win this series. Um, so I, I don't, after that game last night, man, it's, it's kind of like you're talking about. I just really hope, the Lakers, like, I don't think LeBron will let them. But the Lakers better not show up thinking like, oh, but just because the how the end of that game went means like we, you know, basically we've got one win. No, you didn't win, Jack. You didn't win, Jack, buddy. Like, like start it over. You don't have a win. Like you lost. So you better be playing with some desperation here today. So the market's moving. Uh, we're down to five pretty much everywhere. Shark is still sitting at five and a half. Uh, market playing the zigzag very much so. And uh, I think, you know, I, I got to talk to, I was in studio with Steve Fezzik the other day when I filled in, a professional mm-hmm. handicapper, when I filled in on Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and uh, Dustin Swedelson. Swedelson? Swedelson, right? Swedelson, um, yeah. And, you know, Fez brought up the fact that, hey, like all of the trends that you're thinking about are working in the NBA. We talked about the Game 2 trend, the uh, down to nothing trend, going back home. The zigzag has been working quite a bit for uh, quite a few of these series. So I think the market's kind of buying all in on just betting some of these trends blindly. And I think you're seeing that here. We saw this open some spots, six and a half. We're down to five, as I mentioned. Side perspective, if this gets to four and a half, Kelly, I wrote about this morning, I'll bet the Nuggets, you know, if you if you give me four and a half. I don't know if it gets so, that far, but I'll be in. Yeah, I I, had, I couldn't blame you at all. Couldn't blame yeah. you at all for that. Um, I have two player prop angles for Ooh, you okay, to discuss. Good. The first is actually Aaron Gordon. Uh, I bet over a half a three at minus 130. Love if it. I'm right... If I'm right in the adjustment that he's going to be more in the corner yep. and they're going to help off of him with Anthony Davis on him, then I think that's going to be one where I just need one made three for the game. He's going to have the opportunities to do it. And at minus 130, I thought that was a fair price. I thought it should have been higher if the adjustment is going to be what I think it's going to be. This is this is the this is the part where I've to, like I've told you before, like my prop betting, I've just not I've not I've not been able to spend the, the time on it this year that I've wanted to. And uh I think that's a great bet, and I might even tell you on it. Because it, because Aaron Gordon, you can't – he's not going to get, like, less minutes. You know what I mean? Like, the yeah. adjustment the adjustment for – I don't know, the adjustment for Denver. Remember, we talk, we're talking about six plays, right? We're six plays where, where Achimura was actually on Jokic. Um, and we're, like you said, we're seemingly all talking about the adjustments that Denver has to make. But, like, um, the, the what's going to happen – it's so much is, is, is still Aaron Gordon. It, it, why I bring up the fact about him having to hit shots is because he still has to be out there for defense. You know what I mean? Like and there's, the, that's not going to change. It's just going to be, what do they utilize? How do they utilize him on the offensive side of the court? And much like we just discussed. Yeah. I think a lot of it's going to be trying to uh, disrupt, disrupt what the Lakers want to do defensively. And a lot of times that's going to leave, leave him wide. So that was one. The other is, and this is going, this is more of, again, I've talked about like these observational trends uh, to look at, or excuse me, tra- observational bets. Again, like hoping or wishing that I was in a market that had some, uh, some shops that actually hung player props during a game. So LeBron James point total was at 25 and a half. And we, I don't know if you remember, we talked about this and I brought this up, which is, I think the Lakers, or maybe I brought this up to Dustin and Patrick when I was filling in with them. I, I felt like the Nuggets could do something defensively where instead of putting like Aaron Gordon on LeBron James, they'd be more than willing to put some lesser defenders on him and just tell him like, look, man, like we're going to put the onus on you. You've got to be aggressive. You, you've yeah. got to force the action because we're not going to expend a lot of energy putting an Aaron Gordon type on you. 
And sure enough, like they were soft switching. Like any time LeBron went after Jamal Murray, the Nuggets let it happen. And there was a lot of possessions where Jamal Murray was defending uh, James. If we're seeing that again, if so, if you're watching tonight and you're seeing that every time the Lakers bring Jamal Murray's man over for a screen on LeBron and they're willingly accepting it, I think that's an indication to go over LeBron James points again. I know he only scored 26, so he just barely got over it. But if they're going to give that matchup to the Lakers yet again, I think that's one where you're immediately going to your app and saying, all right, let's go. We're, we're betting LeBron James points over. If they're not going to try to scram back and they're not going to try to keep Aaron Gordon on him, then that's going to be something to definitely, I think, once you make that observation, go in and bet LeBron James over points. So that was one that I was thinking of. I was actually I actually was thinking of betting an alt, like him to score 30-plus or something tonight. Mm. Um, it, because because of a lot of what you just said, but also, also, also like, factor in the... Factor in how well how well AD shot the ball last game, right? And I mean Austin Reeves too, right? LeBron James is one of the things he is really great at is knowing how to how to incorporate his teammates, especially when they're playing well, right? And that's what happened. He he you know he ends up becoming a little bit more of a facilitator in game one, uh, you know, helping initiate the action to those guys. And okay, it leads to a huge scoring game from Anthony Davis. Now do the Denver Nuggets try to do anything differently defensively with Anthony Davis? Nah, I don't really know for sure. But like, is there a good chance that LeBron James, especially in this in this situation where you're down 0-1 already, becomes much more aggressive and you simply see more field goal attempts? Like, yeah, I would bet that was that would happen anyways. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good call. It's a, that was one I was thinking about bet, betting tonight, anyways. Is, is maybe even doing it alt. Before I get to my last point here, a reminder Mm -hmm. for everybody listening to check out Juice Reel, a a great, great tool that's free that you can use to actually really improve as a sports better. It lets you connect all your betting accounts from wherever you bet and all your betting history automatically loads in. And of course, it's not just a bet tracker. It tracks all your habits as well. So you can really see where you're struggling, where you're succeeding and build on that as a better one of the better tools that you can have. Juice Reel also analyzes data from its entire user base to help you bet even smarter. Check it out now. It's free. iPhone or Android. Juice Reel. R-E-E-L. Every sports better. All these 50 states should be using Juice Reel. All right, last point on this for me before we get out of here. I go back again to these conversations of what we choose to wait and what we don't. So a lot of what you heard, you know, I keep making fun of the people who are like, they should treat it as a loss, which, by the way, if we're treating it for as a loss – that means that the Lakers are taking this game off, right? Because they got home court and now they're just going to go ahead and lose this game on purpose because they don't really have to spend the energy, right? I mean, they got home court. They're good. Let's see. I'm sure the Lakers are going to treat it like a win too. Um, so one of the things that I, I like that we wait, and I was actually, as you were talking, I was looking something up and I, I stumbled upon a thread here of people talking about, hey, you know, Contavious Caldwell Pope, you know, hey, he had his best game ever. That's not going to happen again. Or Bruce Brown, that's not going to happen again. And you know what? To a certain extent, they're probably right, right? Like those guys are not going to perform to that level um, more often than not like they did in game one. But what I love is we're not – nobody who thinks the the Lakers somehow won game one – it's funny, Kelly, none of them are saying that the Lakers are going to not shoot 45.8% from three again. (laughs) You know what I mean? None of them are saying that Austin Reeves isn't going to go five of nine or five uh of eight from three-point range again. That that's not something that's unsustainable. Everything else Denver did is, but what the Lakers <laughs> did, no, 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 no. That, that can totally happen again. Davis uh, can totally score forty again. And that's uh, you, you like maybe I overemphasized this earlier, but like yes, is the, is this series a lot about the stars to me? Yes, it is. But 
okay, how do I word this properly? Simply because you're going to see so, in my mind at least, you're going to see so few players play in this series compared to other series, right? Like we already see, we saw in game one, we've basically seen it the whole playoffs from Denver about the eight, uh, basically an eight-man rotation that they're going to use. Um, I don't really think that, like, do you have any reason to think that's going to change JVT with the Denver side? Like, I don't. Maybe the Lakers try a couple different things, but like not, but like even with them, it's not much. So just like, just like I said about the stars, okay, it, tr- it trickles down too. Like Hachimura, even whether it's defensively or what he contributes offensively, him, Austin Reeves, Bruce Brown, KCP, these guys are going to be incredibly important for how this series goes. Like, I mean, whether they're, whether they're making plays you know, on either side of the court, like is going to be a huge factor with how this series goes. So, um, and the one thing, so like the one thing I always say where, okay, if you want to start handicapping point props and and player point props and stuff, well, okay. I don't really care how many, how many shots a guy made the game before. I don't really care about how many times, how many times did he shoot it? Right. And that's KCP shot the ball 17 times in that game. Is that maybe going to change? Yeah, but we know what the Lakers' priorities defensively are going to be. It's going to be Jokic, Murray, and Porter first. So, like, there's only so many good defenders to go around, right? The ball movement, it's going to likely leave him at shots, and he's not going to play. He's going to keep playing heavy minutes because his defense is needed too. Um, And Bruce Brown has been by far the most consistent guy, at least from a scoring perspective, off their, off their bench. So... I yeah yeah like you're absolutely right with with the regression from the the side on the Lakers too but like I don't like I don't know if it's going to completely change with guys like KCP and 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 Brown like yes I don't I don't think I don't think Caldwell Pope's going to take that many shots every single game but like they need the offense to come from those two guys Oh yeah baby no, you're absolutely right. I can't wait to watch it, though, as you say. So it's going to be fantastic. You have any uh, parting points for our friends? No, out I there? do. I, I like the. I, I like the two props. I really do like the two props you brought up. I think that Aaron Gordon over a half three is a good look. Um, and look, that's always a fun one, anyways. You make one, call it a day, right? I, I could. That could happen in the first three minutes. You win a bet. That's that's always a good time. I mean, or that's, or that's kind of what I'm hoping. It, by the way. Right, yeah, or look at it the other way where, hey, you've still got a sweat going with two minutes left in the game. Yeah. <laughs> you still got a chance to cash that over. Um, the uh, And the Lakers, yeah, man, like I expect, I, I think LeBron is going to be pretty aggressive uh, offensively tonight. Because I think it's tough. I think it's tough for us to ask. Like you're, talk, like you're talking about with people reacting to the Lakers game one. Like I think it's, do I think AD needs to have a big, big game almost every game this series for them to have a chance? Yeah. Do I think it's fair to expect him to score 40 points every night? No. I don't think that's fair, right? Like, it's somewhere in between. All right, Kelly. Same time tomorrow or what? Same time tomorrow, buddy. Let's do it. All right. We're going to have tomorrow, I, I believe we are going to have Daniel Ovari on as the WNBA season tips off tomorrow as well. So we'll get Daniel's nice. thoughts as we attempted to do on Tuesday. Uh, but that did not go well. That did not I go well. Think. Technology and our gardening were uh, were very big <laughs> yeah. There, there, there were some issues. There. Huh? Hey, with the past couple of weeks, we've had a hey, we've had fire alarms. We've had leaf blowers. Life happens when you're trying to do uh, shows from home. It's okay. okay. I, I'll leave you with this, JVT. I think I might be making a rather large future bet in the WNBA, but I want to run it by Danielle first. Wow, what a tease for tomorrow! Can't wait to find out who that is. Um, you're going to have to, too, by tuning in tomorrow. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Check out everything we have to offer up at the website of vcin.com, and we'll talk to you on Friday here on Hardwood Handicappers. 
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.